Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome. We're back. Another episode of About a Dog. Yep. Another this is, episode. This is Michael. This is Ashley. And Ashley, what are we talking about today? Well, um, it's a raw tidbit. Ooh, off the cuff type stuff. Yeah, but do we have any new business, old business, any business? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. We really should take notes from the last episode, honestly, so we know what we talked about, so we don't repeat or anything. Well, I'm in concussion recovery, so... Yeah, there's that. There's um, that. There's... I'm not sure when this is going to drop, but the um, this was supposed to be Raven, and nothing happened. And Yeah, today was supposed to be Raven. Yesterday was supposed yeah. to be Raven's due date, and, you know... We're, we're taking steps with... Uh, the other girl, Celine. Yeah. Hopefully, not repeat the same mistakes. Basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely not do the same old, same old. Um, yeah, and up their food apparently. Yep. And what else? You worked with Deku yesterday. Yeah, we did work with Deku yesterday. Okay, you said we. Well, you try to include me. No, you work with Deku yesterday. Well, no, you did some of the flirt pole stuff with him yesterday. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Deku gets a little wound up with that. I'm very overly eager to the point where he won't give the thing back. Well, basically, that that just means he's going to do some fast cat stuff once he's old enough. God almighty, I don't envy them. Uh, well, the thing is, is one of us is going to catch and one of us is going to release. Let me guess, you want to release I'd prefer to catch. It's fine by me. I prefer to release. Uh, I'm honest with you. What else? What else? What else? Um, Haley's having a litter. Yes, Haley's having a litter. Yeah. We're super stoked about that. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, what else? I think that's pretty much it. Mm. Um. Yeah. So. On to the new business then. We don't have any new business. Well, the episode is the new business. Oh, the episode is the new business. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a raw tidbit. Yes. And it's a continuation of the things that we've been trying to talk about this whole season with our raw tidbits in that they are different sports that you can do with your dog. Mm. This one is kind of like... The granddaddy of... Well, not granddaddy, but, like, it's the biggest of them all. Okay. Um, it's agility. So, we're going to talk about agility. Um, I'm going to go ahead and preface this. Neither one of us has ever competed in agility. No. We, I have done some lessons with Rolo years ago. Mm-hmm. But I was also... Very sick with appendicitis, didn't know it at the time, and then just kind of stopped. Yeah. Um, your your health kind of took precedent, which naturally should. Yeah. Um, so agility, just basic definition of dog agility is that the dog needs to compete an obstacle course of specific items and it's based on the whoever's running the events and stuff like that 
as to what those items are within an allotted time and not knocking over bars, not missing contact zones, things like that, and just doing it as fast and as cleanly as possible. And so, the appropriate order. So if I'm correct in my thinking, this is similar to what we see um, during Westminster. Yes. The whole dog going up the bar, down the bar, through the tube. Yeah. Make so sure you touch all four paws on the yellow on one, on one section. Or yeah. Whatever. So that is the AKC Masters of Agility Championship. Okay. And they have very specific rules as to how you are able to apply to go to that Mm -hmm. like a beginner cannot just randomly enter in the masters of agility championship qualifications yeah there are qualifications um the main thing with agility is start them young and build up what are known as foundations and the foundations can just be Getting them to come when called, getting them really excited about certain things, and just taking it gradually. Because agility is one of those sports that takes years Hmm. for both the dog and the handler to master and to get in the appropriate sequence and things like that. And you do not start off running a course. Yeah, no. No, you you start off learning what each obstacle is and you learn how to handle it and make sure that the dog is comfortable with it mm-hmm. and you're also building up the dog's total body awareness because there are certain things that the dog needs to know where to put their feet and where that their feet need to land and things like that just so that they can be successful and not get injured. Kind of like when you were training Rolo to know he had an ass. Yes. And that is that is one of the most complicated things that you have to teach a dog to learn is that they have a rear end and that they have independent limbs on that rear end. And teaching them where their butt is is very important, especially for agility, mm-hmm. because you want them to jump over jumps clearly, which means that they need to tuck their legs up. They need to know how high to push things so that they're successful. And when they're going over obstacles like a dog walk, that plank is relatively narrow. So especially for a bigger dog, the bigger dog needs to know where to put their feet so that they don't fall off. Right. And the A-frame as well, which is just basically, it is like a triangle. And it's it's steep and the dog needs to know just how much to push themselves to get up Mm -hmm. and down. And that way... And so that they are not injured and touch what are known as the contact zones. So when we say contact zones, these are areas on certain obstacles that have yellow on them. Kind of like a, a, the A-frame she mentioned, or yeah. teeter-totter. I think yeah. They have one of those on the... Correct. Or a seesaw, if you will. Yeah, so they have a teeter-totter, they have the A-frame, and the dog walk are all contact zones... And what they are, they have a yellow space in them, and at least one foot must touch that contact zone 
before the dog is able to jump off. With the exception of the teeter, Mm -hmm. the teeter must hit the ground first, and then the dog must have a foot on the contact zone and jump off. The fact that the biggest problem I think that anybody that's looking to partake in this is communication. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have a bond with your dog, that could make this tremendously difficult. Oh, yeah. Moreover, you have to get them to understand what it is that you're wanting Mm -hmm. to do. So it would have to be a lot of bond, a lot of praise, um, you know, maybe a subscription to uh, (laughs) a park box, maybe. Well, and and, and that's why I say start them young. When you start them young, there's a lot of uh, guessing games that go out of the... that just, you know, get thrown out the window. Because if you start them young... And there are certain behaviors that you need to teach your dog. Like, a lot of dogs, they just want to be with you. But in agility, you are sending the dog to certain obstacles. So that dog needs to be aware when you say, go around or go this way, that you're sending the dog out in a way, which is not necessarily a natural behavior. Mm -hmm. Especially for certain breeds like... um, like labs and goldens that just want to be with you. They, you know, you're sending them out and there, there are breeds that are more successful than others, Mm -hmm. but all breeds and mixes are eligible to compete as long as they are physically able to do so. What that means is they have to have their sight And they have to have all four legs. Oh, okay. Notice I didn't say hearing. No, you didn't. I did not say hearing. And the reason is, is some people have been able to get dogs that are deaf Mm -hmm. to run these courses successfully. And the main reason is the communication that they utilize is visual. Yeah, 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 you have to have that visual communication with your dog. And being able to say where you want that dog to go in a manner that suits them. Right. And um, the main breeds that are successful, number one, Border Collie. Mm. Big time. Border Collie is a huge, huge heavy hitter in agility. And it is just because they are so smart. They need a job to do. And the way that they move makes them naturally successful at doing agility. Mm -hmm. Number two breed that is really, 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 really successful. Shetland Sheepdog. Mm -hmm. Same reason as the Border Collie. They're very smart. They need a job to do. And because of the fact that they have that herding breed and all that, a lot of herding breeds are really, really, really good at agility. Um, Australian Shepherds are another breed that's phenomenal at agility. And also the Miniature American Shepherd. Notice I did not say Miniature Australian Shepherd. It is Miniature American Shepherd. Those four are usually your heavy hitters. There are some up-and-coming breeds that you will see, um, that you're starting to see more often. Um, One of them is Poodles of all three sizes, Standard, Miniature, and Toy. Mm -hmm. Just because they're so smart, they're so active, they're so intelligent, and they want to solve problems. Um, Another breed that is actually doing really, really, really well in agility 
um, and I'm kind of going to group them together here, are Rat Terriers and American Hairless Terriers. Mm -hmm. Those two breeds are doing gangbusters in agility right now. Wow. And it just because they're tenacious, they're quick, they're agile, and they move. Um, I'm trying to think of another breed that does... Beagles tend to do very well with agility, surprisingly. That's interesting. Um, Although we have heard many a beagle do that sort of thing, if memory serves me correctly. Mm-hmm. And always, well, not only the beagles, but the border collies as well. They, they, oh, yeah. They, they tend to be very vocal while they're doing these. Yeah, and so another thing that you need to keep in mind is there's one of the most complicated things to teach a dog. Mm-hmm is within agility. And that complicated thing is the weave poles, getting them to weave in oh, and out of yeah, things. Yeah. They have to have full body awareness to do that. So maybe having a giant breed, like a Mastiff or a Dane or an Irish Wolfhound, mm-hmm. they're not going to be as fast. No. But they can do it. No, you're not saying they can't do it. It's just, you know... Speed is a definite factor when you're competing. Yes. And this could be a problem. Right. And each course, based on the size of the dog and the age of the dog, or age class that you're competing in, has a set time limit that you have to get it done in. Right. Um, generally, it and the, the jump sizes... And the classes are based on the height of the dog at the shoulder. Mm-hmm. So you have to do what are known as measuring in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it's done yearly or if it's done after the dog is fully mature or what have you. But once they measure into that, mm-hmm. then the handler has the option of which class to go into based on the size oh, wow. of the dog. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. So, and when I said age, there's regular and then there's preferred. Right. Preferred, the jump heights are a little bit lower mm-hmm. and they're for dogs that are over a certain age. Right. And that way it's just easier for their joints, but they still do what they love to do. Mm-hmm. And that is a key element of agility is these dogs love to do it. Mm-hmm. Once they figure out how to do it, And once they have that confidence built up, they know what they are doing. It is their favorite thing on this earth to do. Yeah. Um, Each individual uh, item that they have to do may become their favorite. I mean, when I was working with Rolo, his favorite thing in the entire world Mm -hmm. was to do the curved tunnel. He loved the tunnel, yeah. Love doing the curved tunnel. And when I mean love to do it, he gave me friggin' rope burns on my hands one time. Yeah. Trying to get to the tunnel because he saw that the tunnel was out for class. And he was like, Wee! And I was like, Oh shit. Is this an all dog? Yeah, this is an all dog. Oh. Um, now, when I, when I say age and able to compete, I want to preface this very, very, very tactfully and carefully. No dog should ever 
do any form of jumps or heavy sequences of obstacles until their joints are fully developed. I'm going to say it again. No dog should ever do any jumps or heavy sequences of obstacles until their joints are fully developed. So start them young, but also make sure their joints are fully developed, basically is what you're saying. Right. Now, when I said start them young, that does not mean that you can't put the jump. So you can set up the jump obstacles, but keep the bars on the floor Mm -hmm. so that they just have to step over it. Or keep the bars at wrist height. Because jumping, by its very definition, can be very tough on the dog's joints. I'm sorry. I'm trying to grasp the notion of wrist height. What do you mean? So, dogs naturally walk on their toes. Right. So, wrist height means the point in which their their lower arm bone mm-hmm. and their wrist connect. Right there. So, okay. So, it's not so, our wrist. It's theirs. It's their wrist. Okay. And... That, that saves the dog strain on their joints. And the reason why I also say no heavy sequences is because of when you're doing certain sequences and things, those in and of itself can be stressful. Mm. Generally, most agility trainers will say maximum four to five obstacles in a sequence until a dog is fully mature. Oh, okay. So you're saying the sequence is the amount of obstacles that Mm -hmm. a dog has to surmount. Right. So I know that there was a video going around a few years ago of a German Shepherd puppy doing a full agility course. With jumps included. That is dangerous on so many levels. And is a really, really, really easy way... To cause your dog to break down physically and mentally. Mm. And that is something you really don't want to do, especially with agility. Yeah. You need to build up gradually. And when I mean puppy, I mean this dog was under six months old. Jesus. And no, just no. And any breeder, any vet will tell you. That the less strain that you put on a dog's joints when they are growing and developing, the healthier that they will be in the long run. So you're thinking they should start agility, like what, six months to a year? No, you can start the foundation work as soon as they have all their shots and are ready to be out in public. Start the foundation work early and often. Okay. But do but leave the jumps at floor or wrist height, mm-hmm. and keep certain obstacles out of it altogether. Yeah, and only do maybe three or four things in sequence, and then gradually build up as the dog gets older and the dog matures. And that's when you can also start to build up the jump height. As the dog gets older, as the dog matures, you can do that. And and it varies by breed. Mm-hmm. So if you have a little dog, like a toy dog, yeah, most of them are fully grown and developed and ready to go by six to eight months old. 
If you have a bigger dog, say a Labrador, or a Golden, or German Shepherd, uh, even Border Collies and Aussies, you really should not be doing any jumps over wrist height Mm -hmm. until the dog is at least a year old, if not older. And then you've got slower maturing breeds like Hamiltons, Mm -hmm. Harriers. A lot of your larger hounds, they can definitely do agility. But in some cases, it may be advisable to go to a veterinarian Mm -hmm. and have them do x-rays of the long bones to make sure that the growth plates have closed and fused. So the footnote would be... You can do agility fine, but if you get the dog from a reputable breeder, Mm -hmm. ask them questions, do your homework, and reach out to your vet as well. Yes. Very much so, reaching out to your vet is is crucial. And the reason why is the last thing that anybody wants is to destroy a very good promising dog by a stupid handler, an overzealous handler, an ignorant trainer overzealous trainer, what have you. The owner needs to be aware that if they want to do agility, it is not a, I'm going to do a couple of classes and be fine. Yeah. This takes years to mm. learn. Yeah. And this is why I say, why I said in the beginning, this is kind of like the granddaddy, the mac daddy of them all, is because certain levels of rally, mm-hmm. you could probably get a good dog trained and ready to compete in a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. like a beginning level of rally a couple of weeks and you can be good yeah of daily training and all that Mm -hmm. with agility there is no way that you can actually have a dog compete at a master level course Mm -hmm. for years You're making it sound as if it's like any skill. It has to be Mm -hmm. learned over a period of time and with experience. Learned, practiced, refined. Yeah. And even certain classes of agility will introduce new obstacles and have certain things in play here. And there are certain tasks, like, and there are certain types of like you can have a jumpers class where most of the things that you're doing is going over jumps. Yeah. Then you can have an Aston. You can have an Aston being an asshole. Trying to get to things he shouldn't mess with. Um there are others but the main thing is take it slow. Mm-hmm. Take it slow, take it steady, make it positive. Make sure that they are having fun because that is a key element here. Yeah, no dog is going to want to perform well that is being forced to do something. Mm-hmm. They, they always want to, they're looking for a job, they're looking for basically something that they consider to be fun. And mm-hmm. they won't do it otherwise. You get nothing but a fight. Yeah, and if you're having fun, they're having fun. Exactly. Um, now, there are various different agility organizations you can go through yeah. to compete. Um, American Kennel Club, they're the ones that are the ultimate like host and the rules and governance yeah. for, say, the Westminster Masters of Agility Championship or the National Agility Championship. Mm-hmm. 
And they also will select a team to represent the United States in the FCI World Agility Championship. Wow. If, so Westminster is like a qualifier for that then? No. No? I want to say it's the National Championships is a qualifier for that, which is in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I think there might be another qualifier too, but the way that I'm not sure how the team selection works, but I think it's like they pick one from each size or something along those lines. Um, if you are in the UK, then the governing body there is going to be the Kennel Club. Mm. Um, they're the ones that host Crufts and the Agility Championships and stuff that are at Crufts. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is their version of Westminster, I think, right? Yes, it is the largest and most prestigious dog show in the world. So, there's that. Um, The next one for the U.S., the American Mixed Breed Obedience Registration. Says what it is. It is for mixed breed dogs. (laughs) The title basically explains it all. Um, The Australian Shepherd Club of America. Now, It is open to all dogs regardless of pedigree. So you do not have to be an Australian Shepherd to compete in their agility trials. Mm. Um, But you... And all of these, you do have to register with these specific organizations. With the clubs, basically? Yeah. So American Kennel Club, your dog has to be AKC registered. If it is a mixed breed, then it must be either PAL or canine alternative listing or what there's some thing for mixed breeds um australian shepherd club america you have to be registered there there's canine performance events again you have to be registered it doesn't matter based on pedigree or whether they're mixed or purebred dogs on course in north america um this one it allows the competitors to choose the classes and levels at their own pace. So AKC generally says, well, if you have done X, then you must move to this. But this is a little bit more open and freer. And it's, um, again, open to mix or purebred or not. There's another one called Just for Fun. Um, This one sounds interesting. And it's, again, regardless of pedigree. Um, These are run-throughs where groups of dogs and handlers compete as a league. Mm. So, fun. Yeah. North Amer- Then there's North American Dog Agility Council, open to all dogs regardless of pedigree. Um, North American Dog Racing Association. Um, again, purebred, mixed breeds, doesn't matter. They do a bunch of different sports. Um, Teacup Dogs Agility Association. These events are limited... Two dogs that are 17 inches at the withers, which is the point of the shoulder, or lower, regardless of breed or pedigree. There's the United Kennel Club. United Kennel Club, um, they are open to dogs that are 11. Come on. Uh, Whatever. They are open to dogs that are UKC registered. Mm Mm-hmm. Or limited registered. Yeah. Um, and those dogs can then go on to compete in the UKC Premier Agility Trials. Yeah. Um, 
That's in Michigan, basically. Yeah, that's in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah. I will throw in a caveat here. UKC tends to have different obstacles hmm. than AKC and some of the other ones. I actually made a comparison in a conversation with Haley last night. You may be able to help me with this one. I kind of felt that when we went to premiere, it reminded me of the Doswell shows. Yeah, on steroids. <laughs> well, a lot of it, I mean, it was like inside and outside. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are parked there in their RVs, buses, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Westminster, there's like this pomp and circumstance and the glamour of New York. Mm-hmm. Premier's just in Michigan, and it's cold. It's cold. It's rainy. There's lots of mosquitoes. It's in June, and there's hardly anything in Kalamazoo either. Nothing against Kalamazoo, Michigan, but honestly, to get anything, I have to go like to the next exit over and then yeah. come back. Well, and and also that whole facility in Kalamazoo where they hold premiere. Yeah, it's massive. It's like if almost you almost like a compound. Honestly. It is, and if you are having a, if you feel like you need to get your steps in. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! You will get them done. Pretty sure the state fair is probably held there too. <laughs> probably or something. It's big enough. I can see Ferris wheels there. I mean, my god! I like. <laughs> I would come back to the hotel after showing and doing weight pull, and if I had if if I was doing weight pull and confirmation, mm-hmm. I would come back and my feet would be done. Your feet would be done from either confirm any, you know addition or what we had going on we had i mean that was before we did dock diving yeah um and we were just doing um fun run racing or no it was actually competitive racing with yeah Penny and showing at the same time because we and weight pull oh and there was also a pull with, with rollo yeah yeah you're right. yeah, yeah it we was took cool. everybody but kemper to yeah run. everybody but kemper yeah um then the next one is united states dog agility association um they are incredibly competitive. USDAA? Yes, USDAA. Um, they are incredibly competitive in terms of where to go to just be a boss-ass bitch. USDAA, right there. I mean, they are no joke. Um, if you're in Canada, it is Agility Association of Canada or the Canadian Kennel Club. Those are your organizations there. <laughs> okay. All right. The Canadian Kennel Club, not to be confused with the Continental Kennel Club. The Continental Kennel Club would probably register anything with four legs. Holy crap. Um, the Canadian Kennel Club, they are actually their national kennel club. and They're, they're yeah. discerning. Yeah. A little bit more discerning. Um, but when it comes to agility... Um, I'm not, and I'm going to probably catch a lot of flack for this. Please don't add us. Please don't, and I have my reasons as to why I'm going to say this. The views expressed here on About a Dog are the views of the hosts and only the hosts and not represented by anybody else other than the host. There. Legal done. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) For the handler, it is ideal that you are physically fit enough to run and keep up with your dog. It makes things easier. It just makes sense. There have been people that have had physical disabilities and like mobility disabilities that have been able to 
stand in the middle of the agility ring and point to the obstacles. And basically successfully compete. Yeah, and successfully compete. However, those are in the very few, and generally those people that are doing that are not doing it with atypical agility breeds. No. So... For me to be able to compete in agility, I would have to be able to physically keep up with my Hamiltons because there is no way in hell that they are going to be able to just go, jump over there. Okay, I'll do it. No. No, no, no. no. The Hamies would run all over the place yeah. roughshod. Yeah. So, and if you were to do it with, let's go ahead and raise the stakes a little bit. If you were to do it with Deku, you'd have to start training. Yeah. I mean, both of you together. I mean, we're yeah. talking workouts and shit. Mm-hmm. Now, and I'm going to go ahead and say this is this is why my view is this way. I was born with bilateral club feet. We I mentioned this before. I'm fairly sure. Yeah, but I'm going to reiterate it. Yeah. I was born with bilateral club feet. Therefore, my feet, my mobility, my balance is shot to hell. And I have to wear insoles and sometimes carbon fiber braces just to be able to move and keep up throughout the day. And sometimes K-tape. Yeah, and sometimes K-tape. Deku! Yeah, he's up to something. Do you what are you a, doing? You want me to take a look? No. Okay. Um, so this is why I'm able to say this with certainty. Mm-hmm. I would love nothing more than to be able to compete in agility with my dogs. Yeah. Is that a realistic goal for me? That's something that my therapist said, that I need to set more realistic goals. There you go. This is not a realistic goal for me. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that Hamiltons are not going to be able to compete in agility? Hell no. No, no, no. Somebody else can do it. It's just not for me. I have a funny example of actually not setting realistic goals for herself. What? Do you remember that map of sites to visit that we had in Shut New up. York City? Shut up. <laughs> and you... I made a point. She's sitting there on the floor in front of her computer, like, keyboard, in lap, and mouse moving and everything like that, looking at the map of New York, and I'm like, are you sure you want to do this with your feet? And you go, yeah, it'll be fine. Well, we'll take a taxi sometimes. No taxi was ever taken that I can recall. Nope. And you were done by, I, I think, F.A.O. Schwartz. I was dying. <laughs> and, and and also to to throw fuel to the flame, flames going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had just gotten <laughs> brand new custom insoles. Yeah. And I hadn't even had them a week. Yeah, you thought this was going to be a good breaking in process. It was the worst thing I could have done. When I told my podiatrist about it the week later when I had to see him because I was still in agony. Yeah. He looked at me and was like, you did what? <laughs> you know better. <laughs> but whatever. That That's just... Okay. Today's lesson for from about a dog. Set realistic the goals. goals. <laughs> and that also goes... Toward this whole agility conversation here, we are totally fine with you know mixed breeds competing and all that stuff. Very I, welcome I think, opening. I think it's it's if you your dog finds it amusing, then go for it. Go for it. If your dog has the propensity to duck dive, go for it. Go if for it. If your dog has the ability, Haley, to do fast cat, Haley, you should do it. Um. <laughs> yeah, and and just go for it. Try it out. But 
with mixed breeds, especially with agility and even obedience and rally. Yeah. It is going to be difficult to compete if you adopt an older dog. Right. Just because when you're doing that for agility, you have to set those foundations from day one. It has to be like at an early age. So the younger you adopt a dog to compete in agility with the goal of competing in agility, the better. Mm -hmm. And it would also behoove you to bring a trainer with you. (laughs) If you want to do agility with your dog and you want to adopt a dog, then you might want to contact a trainer and have them come with you mm-hmm. to whatever adoption event or whatever shelter, and then they can actually provide insight on whether whichever dogs that you may have shortlisted yeah. have the natural aptitude to do it. Well, this precludes the notion that the individual in question is looking to do this from the beginning. Right. That that is on the assumption there that you that this is something that you are interested in. Yeah. And this is where we go to the whole do your homework thing. Absolutely. As we say in every episode. If you want to compete in agility and you think it's fun and you would like to give it a try, you must set those expectations up front Mm -hmm. sooner rather than later. And this goes with um, Sorry, if, if Ashley kind of stopped midway, it's because Eleven jumped right in front of me. I'm only talking and bringing it up right now because I'm pretty sure my sound is probably going to be affected considering I'm trying to talk through a giant black cat in my way. Um, Eleven, get down. I will pet you later. But, anywho, the whole, the whole thing of if you want to try to compete in agility... Regardless of where you get your dog from, mm-hmm. you need to set those expectations right up front. Right. If you are getting your dog from a responsible breeder, mm-hmm. tell them. Yeah. Tell them. Get their input. Because they will be the ones that will evaluate the structure, evaluate the behavior, and their natural temperament. And they should be your experts to, oh. to be able to tell you... Yes, this dog would be a good performance or sport dog. Mm -hmm. And that's all that they can say. Because whether they end up liking agility or not is all up to the dog. But they are going to be the ones to be able to evaluate and say, Hey, this dog isn't structurally sound enough to handle agility, but it it does have the drive to do X, Y, and Z sports. Right. And that's another thing that needs to be taken into account with agility. Because it is such a high-impact sport, these dogs must be structurally sound Mm -hmm. and need to be evaluated on their structure. So you need, if you're going to adopt a dog for agility, make sure your trainer or whoever Mm -hmm. understands dog structure because the worst thing that you can do is to adopt a dog for agility that just physically will not be able to withstand the rigors of training and competing. And it just will ju- it'll just set you up for failure because then you'll be wondering, 
why is my dog not able to clear these jumps? Is it, is it because his shoulders are too straight? Why is my dog ki- always kicking a bar at the end? Is it because he's over-angulated or under-angulated? Yeah. And those things need to be kept in mind. And mentality for agility is also crucial. These dogs need to have enough drive to want to keep up and go mm-hmm. and keep their interest and problem-solve their way through things as opposed to a dog that is just going to be there with you. Right. You need to have a dog that is willing and able and motivated enough to keep going and listen to you mm-hmm. while still doing these agility jumps and obstacles. Right. Um, one way that you can build up that drive is playing tug games and you know getting them used to working for a goal. Yeah. And um, there are various different places you can get things from. Um, we are not sponsored by them, but if they want to... It would to, be greatly appreciated if they were interested. You can get supplies and foundation equipment and things like that from Clean Run Agility. Mm-hmm. You can also get them from um, J&J. Yeah. Um, dog Supplies or something. I can't remember their full name. Um but both of them have really, really, really good options in terms of tug toys and things to keep your dog motivated. Um, or you can just, you, you can get involved in your local agility groups. They'll be able to tell you where to find things. And you can even, you can do your own DIY agility if you want to, if you feel so inclined. Company is called J and J Dog Supplies Incorporated. So you're, you're very close. Uh, supplies and equipment, dog training equipment. Um, another thing that you can do, thank you Google, and keep in mind is if you are serious about agility, be prepared to spend a lot of money mm. training and buying equipment. Yeah. And when I mean buying equipment, I'm not saying. Go out and create your own agility course in your backyard. Which you tried. I did not try. There's no way that I could have tried. I made jumps. You also made weave... Try to make weave poles. Yeah, and weave poles. That is different. Those things are things that you definitely... If you're interested in trying agility, you need to have a set of weave poles and at least a couple of jumps to... Be able to practice at home. I'm not saying go out and buy a competition-ready tunnel. I'm not saying go out and buy a competition-ready dog run or A-frame. Because, so the tunnels, competition-ready tunnels with sandbags and weights is probably going to run about $400. Mm. Um, Dog run... Probably in the realm of eighteen hundred dollars. Wow. The A frame, the lowest I've seen, and this one was used, mm-hmm. was eight hundred dollars. Brand new, you're looking around twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars. Mm. So that's what I mean. If you are serious about it, be prepared to spend money. And also, when it comes to training classes. Most training classes that are doing foundational agility work, 
they are going to charge around $150 to $200 for a basic intro level agility course for about six weeks. Mm. And then on top of that, and on top of that, and just be prepared to shell out about $160 to upwards of $250 mm-hmm. every six weeks. Good gracious. For training only. Oh, okay. That does not include any sort of fun runs, mm-hmm. any sort of competition fees, right? anything of that nature, or any toys or anything like that. This sport, it is very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you can do your own DIY things. Um, I think there are plans out there on the internet for... Making your own dog run, making your own A-frame, um, and even your own tunnel. The jumps. Um, can you please stop? What? I'm not doing anything. Um, the jumps. You can actually make your own jumps with PVC pipe. Yeah, we did do that. Uh, same thing with weave poles. You can do that. For weave poles alone... Be prepared to train your dog for at least six months to a year for them to get the weave poles down, depending on the dog. And they need to be able to do it smoothly and properly without missing a pole and do the entrances and exits appropriately. There are various different methods in which you can train and do weave poles. Um, there's two by two. There's off to the sides. Um, and if you get a set of weave poles, these need to be training weave poles, not competition ones. Right. So that you can train and build up. Because that's the whole point of getting weave poles for yourself. Because you're going to need to work on this every single day. Yeah. Um, it's like any training regime. Got to work out. Yeah, but it's just that one obstacle Mm -hmm. is the hardest one to train by far. Yeah, the dogs in the actual competition make it look easy. Yeah, and they're fast. They're really fast when they do it. So when you you think you're competition ready, Mm -hmm. don't do it blindly. Yeah. (laughs) Please do it with the guidance of a trainer. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the last thing you want to do is set yourself up for failure. Right. And that trainer should be experienced enough to say, yeah, you're ready for this. You're ready for this level. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to work on this beforehand, but I think you're ready to go. And have fun. When you do compete, have fun. Be prepared to make mistakes. Be prepared for your dog to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. It is, without a doubt, a surefire way to humble the living shit out of you. (laughs) That's Um, to be expected. Oh, yeah. And I've seen videos of friends that compete in in agility and stuff like that. And especially with young dogs or certain breeds, they get humbled fast. Um, And, you know... You, you really need to set your 
yourself up for success and you need to set your dog up for success when doing this. Set realistic goals. Um, notice I, I said that, you know, there are certain breeds. There's a reason why I didn't say lab or golden. Yeah, yeah. I figured. Um, some goldens can do good. Some just, no. There are two, yeah. they're... <laughs> They're too happy, yeah. and they get overexcited and will kick over bars like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, In their excitement. Yeah. Labradors, generally, depending on the line that you have, so the field line Labradors probably would be okay. The more show stockier ones, you're going to have to work with full body awareness to get them to realize that they're not going to fall off of things. Right. Um, but any breed is welcome. If you feel like you want to do it, please do. Please give it a try. Yeah. Get involved. Um, but safely. Safely. The whole, you know, Delta variant going on. Yeah, be safe about it. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, do your homework because yeah, this is this is a big undertaking. Mm-hmm. And I've known people that have gotten Master Agility Championships on their dogs. And for the most part, they didn't get those Master Agility Championships until their dogs were about four or five years old. And that's about average. Yeah. Because it takes that long to get them to that level. Yeah, it is going to take time. Um, uh, so, yeah. Please, 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 please rate, review, subscribe. It really, really, really helps. We appreciate the metrics, really. Um, as we always say, do your research, do your homework. homework. Set realistic goals for yourself should be a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach us on social media, Twitter at aboutadog1, uh, Instagram at aboutadogpod, email aboutadogpod at gmail.com. Facebook at aboutadogpod. Rate, review, subscribe. We're available really, really... on Audible and Amazon. Yep. We are yeah. We are available on iTunes, Spotify, mm-hmm. Audible, and Amazon Music. And with that, go hug your dog. They love you. They love you.